See if you can hear me. Now, now is the time for the leader to qualify. Uh, please stand when sharing so all may hear and see. We ask that you keep the focus on your recovery in this 12-step program, Overeaters Anonymous. Qualify until 9.30. That's a long time to qualify. <laughs> um, I will pass around my pictures, but I, I do want to say that... Uh, I was in OA in 1962, the first time. And the first time um, I came in at, uh, I think, well, I was 28. That tells you the math. Um, I lost all my weight. I kept it off with the help of this program for seven years. I got anorexic the first time in my life because I couldn't get thin enough. And it was so easy. It was so easy. Um, So you'll see pictures of me. I look like a rail. And it was nice. Everyone said, you look horrible. And I said, thank you. (laughs) So um, I like being really super skinny. And so right toward the beginning, you'll see my first pictures. And then later, you'll see how I dieted all the way up to 270 pounds. And uh, I carried that weight not all of 28 years, but I was out of program for 28 years. Now, I had one thing. I had a higher power. And I guess I lived anyway, in spite of everything. So I'll start these around. But coming back to OA was sort of through the back door because I was always searching for this higher power, even though I was on every diet that God ever made. I mean, I was on Weight Watchers where I gained a pound a week every week. (laughs) And I put my hand up. I was the only one. And they said, What is with you? You're the only one every week you put your hand up. I said, I'm eating exactly what's on the menu, you know. Well, I was, but in those days, you ate a lot of food. And I wasn't used to eating food. I was only used to binging. So um, I guess my system just made me gain, at least it was one pound. But um, I, I tried... Diet Center, Jenny Craig, I mean, I can go down the list. I tried all of them, and they all worked. I did the UCLA fast twice, once for good behavior, (laughs) once for bad behavior. Uh, I lost 100 pounds, took about a year of drinking these horrible uh, shakes, give me the shakes to think about it. it. It actually ruined my thing about shakes because all through college, you know, uh, I played dirty word Scrabble. If for anyone who knows what that is, you know, it's words like filth and trash and garbage. <laughs> anyway, I played for lima beans. That's what we paid, played for. And, uh, and, uh, uh, I used to drink the Dairy Delight, those milkshakes at college, and I I can remember uh, I would have that rather than food. You know, I played this thing since 13 and a half. I I 
dieted, I lost weight, I really struggled, I restricted, and then um, it was so nice to get off the diet, and then I could go and just eat myself into oblivion. And so uh, I did this for many years until my body said, what are you doing to me? And uh, I got very sick, and uh, you'll see some pictures of me with my grandkids. Now, these are little grandkids at the time, and um, today they're 23 and 21, two, two grandsons. And, um, and the person that asked me to be a speaker is just like my grandson, because he reminds me so much of him. And... Um, I, I, I had a blood clot in, uh, from an airplane trip visiting kids, my kids in uh, Florida. And um, I was at, ended up in Cedars-Sinai Hospital. I had a wonderful cardiologist who told me, I'm putting you on the heart floor, and you're going to have to have that menu. And I said, no problem. You know, whatever he said, I would do. So, um, I, uh, he said at that time, he said, you know, all you have to do is lose weight. And I thought, oh, great, you know. Anyway, uh, they had me wired with Coumadin and all this stuff. And, and uh, he said, here's your menu. You go home, you do this, you come back, you see me, and uh, we'll talk. So... I went back to see him, and I didn't lose any weight. And, and he said, you know, he said, I can't help you. And uh, he never suggested a way. I mean, I don't know why. Nobody ever suggested. All the different diets and all the different doctors and all the different shots and pills. And, you know, no one ever mentioned a way. But I went to this little minion group that met on uh, Saturday morning, and we started reading <clears throat> about biblical characters. And every one of the characters had flaws, what we call defects of character. And so they'd come around in this group, and I really was real quiet. I was just listening, but I was very happy in that group because... I was learning about a higher power again, and um, uh, someone came up to me, uh, the leader of the group, and he said, well, how do you think this pertains to your life, and reading about it? Moses, you know, all of them. And uh, I had to start looking inside, and what I found is it reminded me of something. And it was really step four in, in Overeaters Anonymous. And I hadn't taken an inventory in 28 years. I never looked inside. I always looked outside. And um, I was never so heavy. And I was never so scared. And so um, what I've learned, I came crawling back to OA and I came back desperate because I wasn't going to live a year, even. And, uh, you know, if anything gets you to really stop binging long enough to hear someone say, you're never going to see your grandkids grow up. 
And so um, I have to say, and very humbly I say, I don't know how I ever came back because it was devastating. It was devastating. I kept thinking, I'm going to change my name. No one's going to remember me. And uh, who is leading the meeting in the valley? But my girlfriend from OA, and she had been in all the years I was out. And she was exactly the same. And I was ashamed to go up and say hello. And so after the meeting, and I got back in the car, and I got home, and I called her. I said, boy, you look good. And she said, oh, my God, I'd know that voice anywhere, you know. And um, anyway, she invited me to her house and have dinner with her husband and her, and I did. And she said, oh, I hope you're coming back. And I said, "Um, I'm coming back, not because I want to, but because I have to. And there's no other place to go. And um, I... I have to tell you, I went through boxes of Kleenex coming back. I mean, I could have had a share in that, you know, it would have been great. But um, when I say a share, I don't mean the kind you speak. I mean, I'd like to buy some stock in Kleenex. <laughs> but um, uh, the first thing I did was stop binging. That was the first thing I did. And uh, believe me, I had those meals all planned, you know, at the certain time and everything so I could get from one meal to the other. My hardest one was dinner because I kept making dinner later and later because I had to get from dinner to breakfast. That's a long time. The other thing is I worked in Century City and I lived in Sherman Oaks. And I used to plan when I was driving home I would always plan, what am I going to eat, where am I going to stop, what am I going to get. All of a sudden, I couldn't think about food, and I thought, what the hell do you think about? (laughs) What else is there? I mean, that's what I did for all those years. I drove over that hill, and I was planning the whole time where I'm going to stop, what am I going to eat, when am I going to get my fix. You know, I had a hard day at work, I really need to eat. And all of a sudden, I thought, gee, I might as well listen to the radio or something. And there were all the commercials, you know, (laughs) oh, this tastes good, McDonald's, you know. So I turned it off, and I said, okay, God, what do you want me to do? What can I think about? And he says, it wouldn't hurt you to think about driving, you know. It couldn't hurt when you get on the top of Mulholland to think about coming down. You know, and I used to, I was so tired. So uh, I would do this and I would say, well, these mountains are really pretty. I wish the traffic would move. And, you know, but I, I couldn't do my thinking even the same way. Everything changed. And um, after two years of losing a pound a year, the first two years, <coughs> I went back to that cardiologist and I said, I feel great. And he's taking all my vitals and he's saying, 
what is happening to you? He said, I told you to go lose weight. He said, I don't consider a pound a year. <laughs> you know, especially at 270, I mean, you know, I was two, 268. I thought that was pretty good, you know. Anyway, he bawled me out. He made me feel like hell. And I thought, what does he know? He's only a cardiologist. (laughs) I'm a compulsive overeater. I have problems. What does he have? He has me. And uh, anyway, I really really didn't like him. I didn't like him. In fact, I thought, you know, screw you. I mean, I'm going to do whatever I want, but I'm going to leave right now. So as I'm leaving out the door and he's saying, wouldn't hurt you to count carbs. I thought, you are an idiot, you know. <laughs> and, and anyway, I cried all the way home. And I cried when I got home. And you never saw a Jewish woman in your life get on her knees. But I did, and my knees hurt because I had all that weight on them. And I, I just cried my heart out. I said, God, I can't do this. This is just too hard. I, I don't know what to give up first. Like everything, I should just go starve like, like I did before. No. He, he, I woke up the next day and I went to the library and I got every book on carbohydrates that ever was written and I took a bunch of them home and I started figuring out how many carbs a day it takes for me to lose a pound. And uh, that started it, and I figured, God, lettuce, lettuce has like nothing. I had bowls of lettuce. I mean, I had lettuce everywhere. Big lettuce, I learned about leaf lettuce, I mean, romaine, you know. But I still ate very well, but I only needed 16 carbs a day to lose a pound. And that's what it was like. And so I said, okay, this is going to be my abstinence. And I didn't know, but you know, I ate quite well and 16 carbs a day. I I mean, you know, I had my weight off. I've lost 140 pounds and I've been keeping it off over 15 years. You're you're clapping for my higher power, (laughs) and he knows it, because I didn't do this myself. I really didn't. I had everybody in OA, anyone who smiled at me, anybody who made me feel good, I loved them. I loved them. And there were a lot of people, and and it, it wasn't just the people, but it was something that took away my appetite because this is what I prayed for. God, I know you're busy. You know, and I sound like Tavia, you know. I, I sound like him because I'm talking to God and, and it's not the, you know, it, it's from the play and the music, which I love. But what it is about is talking to higher power and getting answers back like, how much should I eat? That was one of my questions. And you know what the answer was, was not much. Not much. But I still ate a lot of food, uh, lettuce, you know, and, and light 
carb things, and I still lost that weight. And it wasn't just gradual, it was in sections. I only took it at five pounds at a time. I never thought about all of it. Because, you know, a hundred pounder, you tell them five pounds, what's five pounds? I could do that in one sitting. You know, I mean, easy. So I had to think in terms of this little section, this little section, and as it was happening, I am working the steps to the best of my ability, which was pretty strong because I wasn't going to do this, you know, haphazard. It says half measures. I couldn't do it half measures. I did it hard. I've gone through many inventories since I've been back, and, uh, and they weren't on everybody in the program. You know, I, people do take other people's inventory, but I had so much in my life because I had lived a long time. So I thought, you know, if I ever get done with me, I don't need to work on anyone else. And the other thing I always used to say is, first time around, in a way, how did you lose your weight and all that? I said, gee, you know, I lost 185 pounds. I didn't even have that much to lose. And they said, how do you do that? I said, I got rid of my husband. <laughs> because, you see, I, 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 was, uh, I was divorced after that, and I had two small kids. And what kept me alive at that time when I had to leave away was I had to go to work. My husband had cancer. He got into remission, and I figured now's the time. I needed, I needed to get out of that marriage because it was really killing me. And, um, and actually, we ended up being friends, and later he, he, uh, he remarried. He had cancer. He did pass away. And I did feel bad because you can love somebody but can't live with them, you know? And... Um, I really, really had a great love, great passionate love, but I could not live with him. He was never there. He traveled all the time. So um, I, uh, I never remarried, but I really had fun dating. <clears throat> I, I did because um, I never ate much in front of people, you know. So if I kept dating, it kept me thin. <laughs> but, 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 you know, I, it's true. It's true. You know, uh, food and sex. I mean, it, it goes together. It's like, it, it's almost like a bagel with you know what. Uh, I mean, you know, uh, one time when I was married and they, I was in program and they said, what would you prefer, sex or a candy bar? And I really had to think about that because, you know, I preferred candy. Anyway, uh, my thing was sweets, and uh, I think it's because I wanted the sweetest life. And I'm supposed to wind up about two, three minutes. In the three minutes, I want to tell you, you know, if I can lose the weight and keep it off, you all can. And you all will, because you want it more than life itself. I just, I wanted to know what it is to walk around and feel good about yourself, you know. And, and 
The biggest message I have is learning to love the self with a capital S because when you love the self because God gave you life and did everything for you and took away my appetite, thank God, because it was it was killing me. And in its place gave me peace of mind, uh, no stress, uh, amazing. I mean, I get stressed over the newspaper, anything. And today, you know, I say, oh, well, I'm happy. I live a good life. I love my life. I wouldn't change it for anything. I'm grateful to say I'm a compulsive eater, and that's amazing. Who would be grateful for overeating to the point of saturation and knowing what dying is all about? And um, I turned 80 on my last birthday. And, uh, and this, is, this is program. This is program because I never dreamed. You know, at 40, I said it's over. And, and what happened? I got 40 years I, I never dreamed of. I mean, I never dreamed. And I get to see my grandkids grow up and my kids, who are still kids, in my book, even though they say, how old is your son? I said, 50 uh, and something. You know, I wouldn't trade anything for the feeling of having a higher power that loves me so much that he would send me out to speak of, I mean, I never had a voice. I was always the quiet one. And now I'm a noisy broad, you know. <laughs> so um, thank you for letting me share. Thank you. Uh, this is the time for questions only. Uh, there is no sharing at this meeting. If you need to share, please do so with any one of us after the meeting. Also, please remember that the opinions of the leader are my own and not those of Overeaters Anonymous as a whole. When asking questions, you need not identify yourself. And, uh, and if being recorded, please remember if you ask a question, your voice may be audible on the OA podcast. Okay. Who would like to begin? Okay. She, the question is, um, how did I transfer my my uh, spirituality? <laughs> That's a big question. I, I always had it. I mean, I think I've always been a spiritual person. But, um, in fact, the people that did know me, there aren't many left from 1962, but... Uh, they used to call me the God Lady, you know, and I used to be embarrassed because I would I would always talk about a higher power. Now, I had a higher power as a kid, but I I was a musician always, and so I had it with music. Music was a higher power for me because honestly, if I had a choice between playing the piano. And eating, the piano was first. I can't believe it, but that's the only thing that ever kept me from from 
even thinking about food. Food was not important. It was just what it's supposed to be to fill you up and give you uh, health. But music was something from God. Art is something from God. Theater is something from God. So I was saturated with that as a kid. I took dance lessons. I took piano lessons. I, uh, I did ballet. I mean, I didn't really even have an eating problem until 13, 13 years old. So I had, I had that spirituality. Um, I went to Sunday school, Hebrew school. I had a bas mitzvah when nobody at that time in my life ever had a bas mitzvah in Indiana in a small town that only had one synagogue and um, we had a, we imported our rabbi from Chicago and he, he came by and he taught us how to have a bas mitzvah so two of us had one together I always loved the music of the singing I, 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 loved, I loved being in synagogue, but I didn't know why. But when they sang, I was happy. So I've always had that. But when I came into OA the first time, I became a God lady. And uh, to this day, if you tell me anything, my mother used to always say, God will help, and, which means God will help. And she always said it just as a little a little expression. And he, you know, when you get in a way, you learn he really does. He, he really helps. So everything my parents said, and, and they really loved my father davened every morning. Uh, I, I was raised like an Orthodox Jew. And yet... I didn't understand anything about it. When I came into OA, I really argued, what do I need this for? What is it going to (laughs) do? Just about everything. So um, coming back, well, yes, I I was, uh, I I can't say I was a Hindu for a long time, but you know, in the 70s, uh, I was really looking into everything. I wasn't in program, but I was still checking it out, and I was meditating and doing all this stuff and sitting in a a lotus position with all my weight off and on. And uh, I was always searching for this higher power again because I thought it was like magic, you know. It worked so well the first time. But then I thought, you know, I guess I'm not enough to do this again. And coming back, I know the only thing that ever helped me to lose my weight and keep it off is a power greater than myself. So being in fit spiritual condition, this is, this is what's keeping me alive and keeping me pretty hip. You know, what's going on? I'm awake and aware But I'm not crying about the whole world and the chaos it's in because I was in more chaos. Everything I can equate to, I've hurt, I died already, and I've come back again. Talk about resurrection. This is not so bad. (laughs) Coming back to OA is a life beyond my wildest dreams. So, another question. Oh, got all of them. Okay. Thank you so much. Sure. So when you say fit in spiritual condition, 
what does a fit spiritual condition mean for me it's taking every day and first saying thank you being grateful and I do a grateful list every day and I do one on my 10th step every night and I tell you I am so grateful that I'm this is grateful you know I mean I am so grateful for everything for the fact that I can still eat when I used to have food up to here and it wouldn't go up and it wouldn't go down yeah. and, and, and the fact that uh, I can eat enough to live but not live to eat so fixed spiritual condition is appreciating what God has given me and grateful um, there are many names for God but I call him eternal because he was he is and he always shall be and I may not be I may be finite you know I'm, I'm not infinite uh, but God is and he takes care of all my ancestors and all the people I've loved and it doesn't matter what side they're on if they're on you know not here anymore but they are in my heart and I think love, loving just loving a higher power that's that's good enough you know I mean the steps are to, a teaching how to do it but you know when you appreciate and you love you're already doing the work you're already doing it so I don't feel that uh, it's a magic thing you turn a lamp on and here he is you know and I don't believe that Elijah comes through the door on Passover (laughs) but I do think he's in here all the time so that's that's my fifth spiritual condition and yes well, I'm not going to limit God to just music, you know. I mean, it's only a human quality to limit God. And I used to say God helps everybody else, but not me, because I'm a compulsive overeater. He just says, stop eating so much. No, no, I don't have that kind of higher power. Mine says, why are you eating, and what are you eating for, and is that going to solve the problem? Eating never solved my problem. Music solved my problems, really. Art, beautiful art, gorgeous art, solves my problem. Reading great literature, hearing wonderful ideas, if they're scientific, whatever they are, this is God in action. This is what I, I say. God is in all those beautiful things that I love. And, but God is also in a cigarette. Someone told me that once. And I quit smoking. Because I thought that's doing him a disservice. Because I'm wrecking my lungs. You know, I was a two-pack-a-day smoker. And someone told me, don't worry about giving up cigarettes. They'll give you up. And they did, because I coughed one day into a Kleenex that turned black. You never saw anyone quit so fast in your life. And somehow that happened long before I came back to OA. So I know these things, these things work. And I have a question, I was 
Uh, it's changed a little bit, but uh, it's still the amount. Of, oh, she asked about, am I still counting carbs? Uh, yeah, I think basically I still check out carbs, but I have certain foods I don't eat no matter what. Um, but I don't, I don't live on 16 anymore because I don't need to get emaciated to be in this program. But um, I could, but I, you know what, I'm not trying to, I'm not trying to do anything here, but just say that eating, God-given eating, is different than eating my heart out. And believe me, I did. Okay. Uh, Jerry. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I know it's in the principles of our personalities, and if you're willing to, would you talk about your relationship with Roseanne and what she meant to Oh, yeah. Okay, he asked me asked me about Roseanne and uh I I loved Roseanne. She she saved my life. And uh you you always are grateful to the person that started this program, but I knew her personally and uh, one very funny uh, uh actually she and I had the same sponsor and I didn't know this until a long time after I'd been in and she says you know I come all the way out to the valley to go see my sponsor I said oh that's funny mine lives right near me I see her all the time <laughs> and and I said well who is your sponsor and I said you don't have to break anonymity or anything she said oh no she said it's it's Thelma and I said well, I only know one Thelma, and that's my sponsor. And, and so, no, she's my sponsor. No, she's my sponsor. <laughs> we have to share in this program. And so, uh, I was lucky because I had Thelma 24-7, really, and she only had her by appointment. And so, you know, uh, but but... Thelma was a wonderful soul. She had lost 100 pounds when I came in. And uh, she asked me if I came from the New York, uh, from the uh, L.A. Times because I was writing everything down at this meeting. <laughs> and and uh, I did tell this to Roseanne, too. I said, well, you know, Thelma thought I came from the L.A. Times. She says, well, I'm a writer. And, and you know, but we really, uh, uh, there was the third one, Maxine, and Maxine, who still works in our office in the Valley. Uh, but Roseanne, uh, I remember her daughters, and uh, they were about the same age as my sons. And um, they got along great, and I loved her husband. I loved Marv. He was a super wonderful guy. Uh, Roseanne really taught me the, the 12 steps but I think I taught her about God because she wanted to eliminate the word and it's in the, it's in the Beyond Our Wildest Dreams book uh, and she appointed me the first literature person in OA which I think I'm really proud of in the trunk of my car I used to put in all, the only literature we had which was AA Big Book and the 12 and 12 and that used to go in my um, trunk. 
and I'd go to the valley and tattle. I mean, I was like my father in, in New York when he came from Russia. And I, pe- I peddled away uh, uh, material, and she said, now do the just for today's, but try to get 10 cents out of it. <laughs> and, and so, you know, we, we, uh, we go back a long time. But I was in her house many times, and she was in mine. And um, we used to get a pile of people and go to Lakewood or someplace, and we'd all pitch at one time. We had wonderful times together. So Roseanne is a, was a great, great person in my life. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. Oh, is it time? So great, um, high power connection. This is about fear and higher power. And um, oh yeah, I, I'm not, uh, I'm not one who doesn't have fear, uh, but. I have the overall feeling of living a long time that no matter what the fear is, you know, something is going to help me to get through it and over it. But it doesn't mean I shouldn't face it because I used to stuff it up. I used to stuff up for my fear and I would be like a zombie, you know, and now it's a fear, but, you know, I always equate it to the worst ones I've ever had. They're nothing. They're nothing, really. And if I don't make it a big deal, just make it um, something that I write and maybe talk about, and maybe somebody will give me, uh, someone will give me, even a stranger will happen to give me an answer about what are you worried about? Can you do anything? Can you do it personally? The only thing I can do is let it go, but also admit that I have the fear. See, it's one thing to know you have a fear. It's another thing to ask God, please remove it. I'm not always aware that I'm fearful until I hear me and see the writing and talk to somebody. And then... You know, not to keep it in, let it out. Uh, Because the biggest fear for me is to go back to all my behavior that I used to do. And I I ask God every day, thank you for letting me be a new person in a new head, in a new body. So it's not easy, but it's worth it. So how's our time? We have... (laughs) Thank <laughs> you.